You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 691. Yeah. So with the lower maintenance, they actually have a lot more free time. They have more flexibility to focus on other things. They can either focus on other projects, but I definitely have noticed the biggest significance is that it's allowing students to step outside of roles that they don't want to do, they did not want to do, so they can really focus on growing their business in general. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. As always, grateful for you guys to join us today. This is about to get real interesting. I am excited to talk you guys through uh, really what this topic is going to be today. So we launched radio. It's been over a year ago. uh, And at this point, really helped students set up radio in roughly about 45 out of the 50 states. So the first thing I want you to hear on that, which means at this point, we have a lot of data. When we started radio, the only place that we utilize it, well, it was for us. It was obviously in the state of Texas in a large market in Dallas. And you know, we really believed it was going to work nationwide. But the reality was we didn't have the data. We just had the belief that it would work. Well, we do have the data now. And I am really excited to bring on Grace Mills, who is our radio ads manager. So let me give you a background. She's the marketing director for my company. And so there was a point like we should with everything, we should leverage and hand it off. And so after several years, I handed everything over to Grace. And I watched really her even surpass my understanding of radio because it was her (laughs) full-time job to literally like she's listening to stations and researching. And she just took radio to a level that I couldn't have as the visionary because I had so many other things to do, but this was her baby. And so with our overall coaching program, everyone has come to know Grace really well. It's funny when people have success, it's not, hey, thank you, Chris. We get a lot of high fives like, thank you, Grace, right? Because she's on the front lines helping the students pick the right stations in their market, looking at all the data And so I've got Grace on today and uh, we had a conversation. I was like, let's take a look at all this data and like figure out what are like some of the byproducts that we have seen for our students through this data. So that's what you're going to get today. Like, what have we learned after over a year putting students in 45 states and all types of markets and different demographics, et cetera? Like, what have we learned? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Grace Mills, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So let's break this down. There are really five byproducts that we want to walk through as you went through all the data and just said, these are some really interesting things that we've learned in this journey so far. So the first thing you wanted to talk about was some byproducts that you saw from our buying strategy. So my first question is, and this is a bit of our secret sauce, what is our buying strategy with radio? Do we buy retail? Do we buy discounted? What are we teaching students how to do? 
Yeah. So in radio world and sales reps hate that we even know this, <laughs> you don't have to buy what we really call it market price. And their market prices, to be honest with you, really have like no foundation. They sort of make them up <laughs> as they're going along. They sort of base it on what they deem to be demand for right now. And so at any given week or any given month, they're liable to throw you this astronomically hot high amount just to get started on radio. With our buying strategy, we actually saw size up pricing based on the size of the station, right? Because that's where our return is, is in the actual audience. So if you're going to buy radio, that's pretty, like, the best way to approach it is, is gauging the size of the audience. So you know, roughly who's there that you could potentially, be, you know, making any profit on. So we look at the cumes, which is just one of Nielsen's, you know, many measurements of, of determining the size of a station. And we take that size and then go, okay, well, hey, I'm going to come in at this price based on the size of your station, which is much lower than the market price or, or the guaranteed price that that sales rep was usually tries to sell people on, which is based on, you know, like reach or an impression of a much larger audience that honestly doesn't exist. So it would kind of be like, if I put that in real estate terms, we run comps on a radio station, just like you would run comps on a house. So just because a seller thinks their house is worth X and they make up that number, well, you don't buy the house for that. (laughs) You come in and do your due diligence and say, well, I know you think it's worth this, but based on all this data, it's worth that. So that strategy with real estate is the exact same strategy that we employ with radio, correct? Yes. Okay. So now these students are coming in and they're buying at a discount and you actually have some data on this. So in comparison to the retail pricing that most people pay for radio, on average, what are our students paying as a discount or under? What are you seeing? Yeah, I'd say it's 60 cents on the dollar. So there's the market price and I'd say roughly it's like about 40% below that actual market price. So 60 cents on the dollar is what they're getting in terms of pricing. Wow. Uh, which is then like if a sales rep is just a salesperson. So <laughs> if they can get away with like upselling you and getting a, a higher amount out of you, they will. If you don't understand that you can actually buy it based on the size of their audience, based on whatever number that they created that day or that week. Based yeah. On- So out of all of these students in all of these different states, we have fundamentally shown people how to come in and statistically we're landing around 60 cents on the dollar. Now, if you're a real estate person, that number probably sounds pretty similar to what we buy houses for. We try to buy around (laughs) 70 cents on the dollar. So I think you get this. The reason that you have a successful real estate business is because you buy at 60 to 70 cents on the dollar. The reason our students are successful on radio is because they're not paying retail. They're consistently buying at 60, 70 cents on the dollar. Now, I want to get to the first byproduct of this. What byproduct have you seen when all of a sudden a student is paying so much less for their radio ads because our average student is spending what? I know roughly, I know this number exactly. They're spending between 500 to maybe max $2,000 a month. That's the average spread. But what's the byproduct that you've seen because of this in their businesses? Yeah. So, and I, I think a lot of our students are stunned that they actually can, can get it so much cheaper than what they typically imagine radio could be purchased at in terms of a price. And so with being able to buy it so cheaply, it leaves a lot more wiggle room in their marketing budgets. And radio is a great, you know, long-term marketing source. And I've definitely seen that our students have been able to really focus on pairing, you know, radio with expanding their, you know, targeted direct mail 
or online marketing or any other marketing channels that they've been wanting to play with because radio was bought so cheaply. They've got a lot more wiggle room to test out other marketing sources or expand on what they're already doing. And I think that's valuable because if I'm new and I have a limited budget that I can spend on marketing and I pick up a channel that's so expensive that it requires me to put all of my marketing dollars in that channel, that's a dangerous place to be. But because radio is so much less expensive than what everyone assumes that it's going to be. I think most people assume like 10 grand a month just to get started. All of a sudden they're like, you like, you like go into the store and you have a budget to buy something and you have something in mind and you see it and it's like on sale. And then your first thought is, well, I budgeted X. So if I buy that, well, I have a little money left over and I'm also going to get this that I didn't even know I was able to do. That's fundamentally what you're seeing with our students, right? Like now I can do radio and something else because it's a lot less expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great byproduct. So let's go to number two. Again, I hear our students say it all the time. I ask so many people like, what is one of the qualities about radio that you love the most? And I hear this all the time. Well, Chris, you said it, it's said it and forget it, right? I've heard you say that. And now that I'm in it, it really is the lowest maintenance marketing channel I've ever had. I just have to pay my monthly bill and answer the phone when it rings. But we're talking about byproducts. So now that we've helped so many students, what is the byproduct that you've seen because radio is so low maintenance as a marketing channel? Yeah. So with the lower maintenance, they actually have a lot more free time. They have more flexibility to focus on other things. They can either focus on other projects, but I definitely have noticed the biggest significance is that it's allowing students to step outside of roles that they don't want to do, they did not want to do. So they can really focus on growing their business in general, either again, like expanding into additional projects or expanding their team. So they're able to pass off more tasks to again, just focus on growing their business. I mean, I totally agree that I, I had a couple of people tell me, hey, I feel like every time I start a marketing channel, when it's prospecting or outbound based, I literally just create an entire new job for myself in the business. So what you're saying is with radio, because it's not like, okay, I'm going to talk about cold calling. It absolutely works. But the reality is if you're making those calls, that requires time. Yeah. What happens with a student is they work to set up radio and they step back and let's say they did cold calling. They're like, well, now I have all this time. You know, like I'm so used to being pulled into the marketing and having to like work it out, like direct mail, like building lists and making sure the postcard is right and making sure I've got a good system to handle all those inbound calls and et cetera. All of a sudden they're freed up now and they can go, hey, rather than having to work in my business because this marketing channel pulled me back in, I can now focus working on my business and some of the more important, bigger projects. That's a huge win when you think about it, because I wonder what is the trajectory of a business owner or investor look like if one has a marketing channel that's eating up all their time versus one that's automated and then gets to spend their time working on projects. I guarantee you after like a two-year period, they're going to be in two different places when it comes to the strength of their business. You agree with that? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what excites them the most. Once they get to that point, they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) we have quite a few students that actually have a lot more free time to just talk to people. (laughs) So they're calling you. They're like, Grace, my radio set up. I'm closing deals. Like now what do I do? (laughs) Now what I do? Yes. And they've gotten to a point where they expanded their team. Like they've got tasks off their plate. Now they're like, oh yeah. Like they've got a lot more free time on their hands, which is great. (laughs) It creates a lot more breathing room. And again, both 
you know, outbound prospecting works and inbound marketing works. But if you were to ask me what I personally want at the end of the day, I want as much free time as possible. I want a business in which I am not a slave to my business, but my business serves me and gives me that quality of life that I'm looking for. And honestly, the type of marketing channels you pick determine how much freedom you're going to have. I mean, it's pretty common sense. So let's go to number three. This is an interesting one. You know, a lot of people ask me, well, I would imagine that most of your students, right, that do radio are really seasoned. And I got a lot of that in the beginning when I talked about radio, like, well, you're you're going after the big dogs. You know, there's not a lot of new people uh, to the business that are going to do it. And man, that stat ended up coming in strong that pretty much 80% of our students have been in the business less than 12 to 24 months. And one of the things we know with a student is if they're in a market where there's a lot of competition and so forth, they're just trying to kind of gain some credibility, right? So number three, radio creates a ton of credibility because it makes you a celebrity in your market and gives you instant credibility because you're trusted on that platform. But what byproduct have you seen that students have come back to you now that they have this credibility and they've only been in the business, let's say six months? What other opportunities, what byproducts has this created? Yeah, I think for them, um, definitely two, like sort of twofold. They get a lot of calls now from other investors in their market. And you know, those other investors are like, oh, wow, look, I'm hearing you on the radio. You've got to be a big player then because you're on the radio. <laughs> you're, you have to be you know, uh, this big player in our market. And so they can't wait to actually network uh, and talk and, you know, and potentially you know, do deals with that student just based on hearing them on the radio. And on the, the flip side of that are, are additional stations. You know, other companies he- start hearing them on you know, station ABC and they go, hey, would you like to expand you know, to, uh, to our station? I wanted to be able to you know, meet with you and, and talk to you about what we can do for you over here as well. Uh, because once you are on the radio and you have that credibility, a lot of people are going, hey, that's got to be a big player in our market then if they're yeah. right. And you know, when we look at people's dollar per dollar returns, and we know that radio returns an average of three to four dollars. So that means you triple to quadruple your investment. But what is not in that measurement is the byproduct of all the other opportunities that come. So you're talking about the fact that I advertise on radio. Everyone automatically thinks like oh, this person's a big player because only big players can afford to be on radio. This is what we now kind of laugh about or all these assumptions about radio. And you're right. All of a sudden, you start getting JV opportunities. Hey, can you help me move this deal? Or can I do that? And now you've got this other stream of income coming in because you're now magnetic to these opportunities. And it's not just that. I mean, we have heard stories of people raising money because they were heard on the radio with vendors coming in and discounting services. If you're a fix and flip person, which is really awesome. Like what I got to do to be your contractor. I mean, you've got to be a big player. I want to help you flip your houses. And then the other side is all of a sudden these other stations hear you and they come knocking on your door and you know, they want to do a deal. And Grace, have you found that the longer someone's on radio, the easier it is to pick up additional stations at a discounted price because they have credibility? Yes. And it's a lot of leverage in their next negotiations because that person goes, oh yeah, that's right. They are on two of our competitors. (laughs) And so it definitely, it plays into their favor very well um, when they are trying to expand into additional stations. Yeah. That's another great, great byproduct. So let's go to number four. Uh, These are really interesting. I, I love this data that you pulled and we've talked through. So one of the things about radio 
is it can bring in different type of lead opportunities, right? And because radio covers a larger landscape, a lot of times, like let's take Dallas-Fort Worth where we're at, we can get calls in areas that are outside of what I would say is our core preferred area. So what is the byproduct of all of a sudden I'm getting calls for opportunities that might not fit my you know, niche little wholesale bucket that I'm looking for? What has that actually done to the students? Like, What are you seeing in the sense of their growth because of that? Yeah, I definitely say that it it challenged them, but it also, you know, enabled them to start to expand their repertoire of how they typically do things. I've had a couple of students double back to me and say, hey, Grace, you know, this station I was afraid of initially because it was outside of what I typically service. But now actually I'm at a point where I, I'm ready to service that. They have definitely taken the opportunity to expand their buyers list to expand, you know, other, you know, creative ways of of dispelling their those potential properties. I definitely think that it challenged them in a great way to expand what they've already been playing with. Really- yeah, it's interesting because all of a sudden we have students that were wholesalers, but now they might get in and pick up some land because they get some land opportunities or they start looking and going, hey, I I got some really great subject to or seller financing options. So What's interesting about radio and this byproduct is it's kind of in a good way challenging the investor to get mature faster because it's like, I might want to go learn about something, but when all of a sudden the opportunity comes before I've learned something, I'm like, well, the opportunity's here. There's money on the table. If I just go learn this thing, then I can capitalize on what I already have. And so what we've seen is it's definitely come in and sped up the overall growth of the real estate investor, um, which I think is super important. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with utilizing that kind of side of getting those different opportunities and so forth, what have you seen with market size as a whole? Because I know one of the questions I always get, and I think, man, I think this question is asked about everything. <laughs> it's like the number one objection: Will this work in my market? You know, I know it works in Dallas, Fort Worth, and again. We didn't have data on a small market in the Midwest or let's say West Coast, California, San Diego, right? Or somewhere up in the Northeast. I mean, we just didn't have the data. But my question is like, what are you seeing on this now with all of these different markets? Yeah, honestly, you know, uh, and I I definitely hear that a lot with newer students. They get a little nervous in terms of a market type or the market size. All markets are successful. Honestly, what I've seen, you know, from what my view, the biggest push there is again back to students that are able to build out a network um, and build out that buyers list. I've not seen one market not be successful. They can get on the radio. There's a radio station there. They're able to reach motivated home sellers, and as long as they're able to like build out and network, you know, their buyers list. They have no problem moving any of the properties in any market size, big, large, small, rural, more, you know, metro or larger cities. There's, I'm not seeing a, a market size that a student has really had an issue with. So I want to break this down. I want to challenge this a little bit. So let me play devil's advocate. You know, what is the value of a small market over a large market? Or a lot, I mean, I understand that they're all working, but there's got to be some pros and cons to both. So my question is. What's the best about being in a small market versus a large market? If someone's listening right now and goes, I want to know that advantage. What advantage do you have being a small market for radio? 
I'll tell you in a small market, our students are able to dominate actually a little bit quicker than in some of the larger markets. And that's really just due to what's available to them. And some of the smaller markets, they are able to pick up two stations for, you know, uh, the price of one station would be in, in someone's slightly larger market. And some of the smaller markets are able to dominate it much quicker and continue expanding uh, into additional stations. Yeah. So if I'm in a city that has a couple hundred thousand people or small, it's not going to be hard for everyone to get to know me really fast if I'm on a couple stations. And in comparison, and I, I honestly get a little, so do you, a little bit jealous of this. So we look at our marketing budget for DFW, and then we have somebody <laughs> over that has the same amount of stations and their overall in, uh, ending budget is a lot less than ours. And we're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe you got it for even that far under what we're able to get yes. it for for Dallas. Now, let me flip it. What is the value of being in a large market over a small market? So I'd say in the larger markets, they are able to hop on a station and reach a mass number of people you know, all in one um, versus having to be forced to, you know, to sort of pick up two to sort of hopefully find some sort of balance. They're able to jump into one station and read a mass number of, uh, of home sellers uh, and then grow, you know, slowly if they actually do decide to do so. Okay. So what you're seeing is each market wins, but each market wins for different reasons. So it's kind of a pros and cons balance. And so, you know, and that's the thing I love about real estate now, you can do deals in your town. And we have students now that buy in areas that are not the primary area that they live in. They're doing virtual deals and maybe their market is sold out and they go, well, you know, I'd love to have it in the town that I'm in, but I don't mind going a couple towns over and then they'll pick up radio and they'll expand that way. So that's the cool thing about technology. You can do real estate in any area that you want to. So, so number four, uh, as we're talking about it is that the value that we're seeing is all market work in the sense of what they're doing. And then because of that, people are expanding their strategy. So let's go to number five. Now, I'm going to preface this because I know when I say it's going to come along like, wow, this was kind of like a sales pitch. And I'm like, no, this is actually the truth. So we're not telling this is like the last thing to convince you, but we're just having an honest conversation with you. And I know this because I've had students that have come down. I actually had one that flew all the way to Tulum and was here and sat across from me. And I had this conversation uh, with her. Uh, I remember that. And that is what you've learned is it's kind of been a challenge for people that have gone outside of like the way that we're doing it and tried to do it on their own. And again, if you go do it on your own and figure out how to do it for free, 100%, absolutely all day. Um, but there are other times where I've tried to do that. And I was like, if I did just you know, paid for speed, um, I would have been paying a lot less than the money and time I wasted trying to figure it out myself. So sometimes you want to do it for free and sometimes you should just pay for it. So what have you seen as the byproduct um, of students that have gone out, tried to figure it out on their own, and then came back to us and ended up signing up for the program? Yes. And my heart grows out to them. <laughs> I've, I've had those talks. So this is actual reality. These yes. are real conversations. But they end up with not a great deal. They end up overpaying uh, because they did not realize that there, there was a way to challenge a salesperson's pricing, right? They were like, oh, well, they said this was the lowest package they had possible. They kind of get caught up in that. 
in that within that package that they're overpaying, they actually end up with less frequency. So they're paying for more, but actually getting less. But again, outside of our program, you know, on paper, that looks amazing um, <laughs> until you sort of, you know, you actually start on that station and they go, hey, I was on this station for like three months or so previously and it really didn't produce. And when I get my hands on their previous deal, I can actually see why. It wasn't structured to their benefit. The sales reps are sort of, you know, treating them like as any other advertiser and just throwing a package together that hopefully works um, because they have no expertise on what a wholesaler, what the investor, anyone in the real estate world really needs in terms of an, an advertising schedule that could really put them in the yeah. best position to produce on that station. Yeah. You know, the thing I've realized is radio is such a blue ocean, it, which is funny. <laughs> You don't get it usually a blue ocean, right? With something that has been around forever. Usually a blue ocean is innovation, right? Well, what's innovative about radio is the fact that it simply has been sitting there, but never applied for us as wholesalers and fix and flippers and to find investment properties. And so with that being a blue ocean, there's really not any information out there. Um, I tell people, go... Go to YouTube, go Google around. I still haven't come across anyone. Still at this point, you and I, Grace, have been doing this over a year. And I don't know anyone else that's teaching radio and real estate yet. And so I think the challenge is like, I would say this. So someone came to me and said, Hey, I want to do direct mail. I think that you could fundamentally get on YouTube and <laughs> watch enough podcasts to figure out how to do direct mail pretty effectively. Like, I don't think you need to hire a coach to do that. The challenge you have with something like radio is because it's a blue ocean, there's just not much education. And so if you're really considering it, again, hey, if you want to go out there and do it on your own first time, again, your world, make it happen. Um, but we're just telling you that people have come back and said, eh, there was a specific way I needed to do this and I just didn't do it right. It's kind of like somebody coming to you and saying, you know, like, Grace, let's say I came to you and I said, hey, you know, I want to wholesale deals and you go, yeah, there's a specific way to do that. And I go, well, I tell you what, before you tell me how to do it, I'm just going to run out here and do it on my own. And you're like, all right, good luck. I mean, I could have really helped you learn this <laughs> a lot faster, but if you want to get out there and do it. So we're really though excited because we've been able to add a ton of value. This, this marketing channel, and as you hear these byproducts for Grace and I, we get a lot of fulfillment because not only have we shown people a great channel that they didn't know that was available. Now we get to see the fruit of all these additional byproducts, right? So all of a sudden people now can grow their marketing faster because they're not spending as much as they were on other marketing channels. They have more time to work on their business rather than in it. Or if you're a family person, um, more time to spend with your family or juggle that nine to five um, that you're working. We get a lot of students to go, man, I'm working nine to five. And I don't have time to get in here and deal with something that's going to eat a lot of my time. Um, they're getting the JV opportunities, as we mentioned, um, and obviously just maturing faster because radio will mature you and just in the way that it functions. And so I don't know about you, Grace, but it feels pretty cool to kind of see additional fruit outside of what we were originally seeing as fruit. And that's just handing people a great marketing strategy. What do you think about that? It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Honestly, it's super. I usually tell students, I'm like, hey, I'm happy to help you. Um, there was a point in time where I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, and so we can sort of save you the time and the energy and even the hot seat because I got put in the hot seat quite a few times with decisions <laughs> and that didn't actually play out very well. I'd be happy to just save you some of the headache and give you a little bit of peace of mind by providing any best practices and tips that we have learned the hard way. <laughs> so Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest wins for me is being. Yeah, fun. it's cool. And Grace, you do an absolute amazing job. Just so you guys know, in our REI radio, little family and tribe, um, everyone just loves Grace and very genuine, uh, loves to help. This is what she gets to do now uh, and really pour into students along with the rest of our REI radio team. So I just want to publicly thank you for what an amazing job you've done. Uh, I could no way uh, do all of this radio <laughs> coaching without you. So, and I love everything you've accumulated in your brain over time, uh, really being in the trenches of this as well. So if you're listening and you're like, man, this radio piece, you know, I've been kind of riding the fence a little bit. As we told you, we preserve markets. We limit the amount of people. Obviously, when you hear 45 out of 50 states, that means more and more markets have been bought. Um, obviously, there's several markets in each state, but um, it's getting more and more of stuff uh, getting to be sold out. So hop in, uh, check us out, ask the right questions, see if it's a right fit for you. Um, and the way that you can do that is go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, book a call, see if your market's open and uh, let us step in and answer questions for you and make sure it's a good fit for you. So Grace, thanks so much for coming on. I was really excited about this talk. It was like, hey, let's sit down and put all this data together. And it was cool. Some of the points that you were able to come up with. No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was exciting to be here. <laughs> awesome. And to the rest of you guys, as always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, we will catch you soon when we add more value. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.